Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. Take responsibility for where you come in and know that in many cases, just handing over money does not make your responsibilities <laughs> go away um, and that stuff. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. People are like, I invested in SEO. I'm like, well, you're getting 500 people to your homepage every month. Has anyone contacted you? Because that kind of sounds like a, you need to, like, we can talk about it, but like, you kind of need to figure out what's going on on your end. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. And welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, and today we're joined by Christy Plantinga. You've heard her on the podcast before. She is a client of mine. She's a marketing expert for therapists and coaches. And today she's here to talk about that. She's here to talk about future-proofing your business online, how the landscape of online marketing has changed for therapists over the years, and how you can work better with your marketing team so they can actually do the work you've paid them to do. So welcome to the show, Christy. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. So happy to be back. But yeah, my name is Christy. Um, I'm the founder of Therapy SEO. We are a content marketing and SEO agency, and we work with therapists, coaches, wellness practitioners, and I'm also the founder of Best Therapist, which is a new kind of therapist directory which I'm really excited to talk more about today. Um, but yeah, just super excited to be here and happy to really be honest with your listeners about what's really going on in the uh, digital marketing world and what's to come. Definitely. I'm really excited for people to hear about that because it's going to be such a game changer. It's super disruptive. But before we even get into all of that, let's begin by talking a little bit about you know, what is digital marketing? How have therapists and coaches been using digital marketing uh, in the past? And how is that starting to change? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. I've, I started Therapy SEO in October, 2019, you know, obviously had my SEO content marketing background in a different industry. So I started learning 
how this industry works kind of when I got on the scene and more of the kind of preparatory stages of building the business, the agency. Um, and it's absolutely changed. And I think what's kind of interesting about the therapy industry compared to other industries, I found that therapists and, you know, marketers who surf therapists are typically two to five years behind uh, compared to how the rest of the internet's um, operating, the rest of the digital marketing world. So, you know, on Twitter, for example, that's where a lot of SEO specialists hang out. That's the main platform where information is shared. The things they're talking about now, I do not see mentioned really anywhere from other um, SEO experts in this space. And that's not to say that they don't know about that stuff, but maybe there isn't, you know, maybe less kind of thinking about the future because historically, on Google anyways, and I think social media in the past, it wasn't as competitive for therapists because maybe there's this general reluctance, which you can speak, you know, better to than I, um, this general reluctance when it came to digital marketing, generally putting yourself out there, um, investing in doing marketing in this way. Because obviously there's lots of offline marketing things that therapists and private practice have been doing for forever. Um, but digital marketing is just kind of a, a different deal. Um, and I don't think therapists can be as complacent in this type of marketing as maybe they are in others. And it can be a little unsettling. It's exciting, you know, being in a space that changes uh, pretty constantly, um, not in huge ways necessarily, but there's always a little bit of shifting going on. I mean, even Google changes their algorithm, little minor adjustments every day. You know, that's how much this stuff is changing. I'm sure the social media algorithms are no different. Um, so it's just a totally different playing field and therapists have been a little bit behind compared to other industries in my experience. Yeah. And I remember when we first met, that was something that really stuck out to me from what you shared. You basically were saying, you know, when it comes to SEO, that's a really competitive way for a lot of different businesses uh, to market. Like in certain industries, like people, companies are fighting for those top spots and it's actually like quite hard to get them. It takes lots of money, lots of effort to do that. But in the realm of therapy, that's not really true because this industry hasn't really started to utilize this strategy yet for marketing. And so because of that, it's actually a really great marketing strategy to get into because it's not so hard to become a therapist who is whose practice is the first result in a Google search. But things are starting to change, as you said. Like SEO is always changing. Uh as more therapists have like heated this <laughs> this call, now there is more competition. But not only that, like the you're, you've been noticing that large directories are starting, not just starting, they are taking a lot of these spots right now. These large directories, like, well, which ones would you say are taking the spots? I was going to say psychology today, but actually when I think about it, I'm like not so sure if that's true. I mean, they're almost always spot number one. In most cases, it's pretty rare that they're not. That's not to say that everyone clicks on them or even, you know, appreciates the service, which I could also uh, oh get gosh. into. A little we bit can talk more. so much about how frustrating so many of these directories are for therapists. They're on them for months, years, paying $20, $30 a month. And maybe every once in a while, they get somebody reaching out. And it's one of those things where you never really know what you should be doing to change it. Because occasionally you'll hear of other people who are like getting so many people calling them and you're like, 
I don't understand. Why is it this working for me? And every it's like in this weird amount of pricing where it's low enough that you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal, but you're also not getting any results from it. So it, I hear therapists go back and forth every month where it's like, is this the month to cancel psychology today or not? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, obviously for therapists, I've heard very, very mixed reviews. I also take some issue with, you know, psychology today as a business, which I won't get into here. Um, but just generally I'm like, eh, I don't necessarily like how they do that. Um, but also I don't think it's a good experience for the therapy seeker necessarily. Um, I think being bombarded with options like you often are in psychology today. I mean, even I remember when I first started doing this in Denver, there were like 1800 therapists or something on psychology today. So part of it's being on it, but the other part is actually being seen on it. I mean, some therapy seekers, I believe, are patient enough to kind of go through that process of page after page after page. But even on psychology today, not everyone is accepting clients and Google still shows those profiles. So it's very frustrating for therapy seekers. That's not to say, again, it can't be effective. We all know people who have gotten people. But yeah, so I mean, I think the directory industry kind of needs a little shakeup as it is. Um, but yes, psychology today is typically there. Good therapy I'll see pretty often. Therapy Den will show up for more kind of niche specialties that um, the other directories aren't necessarily targeting. Um, so it's, you know, certainly more directories. I don't think all spots are going to be dedicated to the directories on page one, knowing that now instead of just like a page one, you click page two, it's kind of like this infinite scrolling type situation. Again, how long are people going to scroll? That's another kind of question. But the spots they're getting less, and for some therapy or for some searches in the therapy industry, now there are maybe only seven spots. Um, and that's not to say that SEO isn't a thing that people should invest in now. Um, but we just have to be a little bit more creative in getting people to your site. And in my opinion, which again is very different than what I was saying when I started out, but I think the time is kind of narrowing in. If people want to take advantage of this, this opportunity, I don't think it's going to be a feasible opportunity for many therapists And about, again, it's hard to say exactly, but in two to three years, I think that it's going to be tough and it's going to be more like other industries where who has the most money to pay for content, to find better link building opportunities, a pay to play environment like many other industries on Google now. But I know for the clients I'm working with now, because we're doing that work now, that's going to serve them in the future. So I feel good about that. Google business is always also an option. Every time I talk to a therapist about marketing, everyone that kind of comes into my office, uh, my virtual office, I always say Google business because that is a safe haven from these larger corporations. You know, like I'm sure that BetterHelp and I know Talkspace does some SEO. I think they're going to start again, encroaching more on those spots as well. They've definitely taken an advertising approach. Oh, yeah. so, like, they are everywhere. everywhere. I'm so sick of hearing BetterHelp commercials. Every single time I'm listening to the radio and it comes on, I just like turn it down and I'm on a <laughs> podcast. I'm on a podcast, listening to a podcast I love and then it's like a BetterHelp advertisement yeah. and I get so furious it's about so it. Sad. It makes me so, so angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a such a mess. But yeah, they have really taken an advertising approach to it. So 
just so just to clarify to back up a little bit what i'm hearing you saying is that historically once again like therapists could rank on google and the reason why that's important for marketing like it you know ranking on google google in and of itself isn't particularly important except that people are searching for therapists on google yes. and if you're ranking higher your website is more likely to be visited resulting in more traffic resulting in more people who are mm-hmm. actually calling you filling out that form potentially becoming clients so that's that's why this matters mm-hmm. um but as the landscape is changing, what it takes to become a therapist whose private practice website is ranking on Google is getting harder. So you're saying folks who have already started this process, when because they started at a time when there wasn't as much competition, mm-hmm. they're going to be in a better standing going forward. Even as there's more competition in the space, they have this, um, this history mm-hmm. of having more powerful SEO, and that's going to help them in the future. But you're saying that as you know, over the next couple of years, therapists who are just getting into that space, it's just going to be harder. Like it's going to be a lot harder for folks who are trying to enter the space and have the goal of their private practice therapy website ranking on Google. Like that's just going to be a lot harder than it was a year or two years ago. Yeah. And really that comes down to money. You know, it's just going to be a lot more expensive and so the the benefit of starting SEO sooner, so much of SEO and being on Google is building a relationship with Google. They're essentially learning to trust you because of the things that we're putting out or, you know, the publications you're getting quoted on, the podcasts you've been on. If you start that now, that relationship doesn't go away. You know, you have to keep it up to a certain point. You can't, you know, seem like you're at a business, <laughs> you know, like you should be active on your site at least. Um, but you know, a lot of times with my clients, we finish this initial kind of upheaval of work and they reach some of their goals like three, six months after we're done working together. And we're not even like doing anything actively on their site. It's just because the work we've done is going into effect. So I think that's a fair expectation for therapists to have. Um, but I cannot say that for the future, especially, you know, in the future, we don't really know how consumers are going to prefer finding a therapist. With the, you know, Gen Z, maybe even younger generations, like we don't really know how they're going to prefer to find a therapist. Maybe they are going to go straight to Google Maps because they only want to hear from the small businesses. Maybe they are going to prefer, you know, newer therapy directories or they're only going to go by referrals. Like we don't know how that's all going to go. But investing in your brand sooner rather than later, if you want to use Google as a marketing channel, doesn't mean you have to, doesn't mean you should, like don't just do something because someone said it was a good idea. Um, you know, that's that's just better to start now, in my opinion. Yeah. So with that being said, if things are constantly changing, if we know, we can guess that Google's going to become really competitive in like the private practice space. Mm-hmm. Um if we can't possibly predict how younger generations are going to prefer to seek therapy, how can therapists actually future-proof their businesses when it comes to digital marketing? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer the question first myself, which is based (laughs) on what I've been hearing you say. And to me, it sounds like it's so important to be willing to be adaptable, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what what I'm really hearing here is like, there's a temptation to think that we're going to do a certain type of marketing and that's we're just going to get it and that's going to be fine forever. And what I'm really hearing is that marketing is really this ongoing uh, experiment and it's always evolving. What consumers and clients are wanting, what is 
the landscape of marketing and how that's working, that's always impacting our businesses. And if we are thinking that we're just going to find a marketing strategy and then just be done forever, we're probably wrong. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, the goal with my clients for SEO is so SEO or marketing becomes a far less concern for them. You know, you're still going to need to invest a little bit or, but it's going to be dramatically reduced. And that's one reason I like SEO for therapists. Cause again, you establish that relationship. It's like building a friendship takes time to build a friendship and trust and inside jokes and all that kind of stuff. But at a certain point, you just have to maintain that relationship, right? Like that's kind of how I see Google um, and SEO. And, you know, if you get hit with an algorithm update, that might happen. But again, if you're doing things right, that shouldn't really affect your performance too much. Just knowing you'll have competition in the future. So you just kind of have to be vigilant, you know, about how you're doing, knowing that other people are going to invest in SEO in the future. But other forms of marketing and SEO, you do have to be willing to be adaptable. And it's kind of a pipe dream to think that, oh, like I can just market once or whatever. I do think that for solo practitioners, you can probably build up your reputation and you'll be pretty good. Like after you, you know, build that referral network, likely, you know, in part due to your digital marketing, they definitely have to worry about it less. But especially if you have a group practice, you know, you have to, you do have to just kind of keep investing in marketing, knowing that it's either going to change or knowing that competition is always going to be there. I mean, you like view, views are everything on social media, rankings on Google, you know, getting on those page one spots or, you know, doing well on Google Maps and other people are going to invest in that too. So you kind of just have to be ready to just keep doing that process and keeping an eye on things changing, you know? So just make sure you're following the right people who aren't, you know, going to be misleading about stuff and be like, I can get you on page one in three months. And like, you're good for it. And like, no, no, look, look for people who are honest with you. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not something that you can get too comfortable with. So you think that over time, therapists can build reputations and that can sort of keep their practices full. And I think that is a pretty traditional way to think about marketing. I think that's, you know, how our professors and supervisors often got their businesses off the ground is they just networked, they found referral sources, they just became known in their communities. And that was kind of enough. And I think now a lot of other things Maybe I wonder, are there actually more therapists right now? It kind of feels like there are. It feels like there are so many more therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're, we're a younger group of therapists. And I think the ways that we're thinking about marketing ourselves are just different. And I do think maybe the market is a little bit more flooded with therapists. And in the past, you could just be a therapist in private practice, find a few good referral sources, and that would be fine. But now there's so many more of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it it kind of does take a little bit more than having a few good referral sources to keep <laughs> your practice full. So yeah, it's sounding like I mean, we're maybe trained by people who are telling us like, yeah, just go get some referral sources. And then we're out there trying to do that. And that's not quite working in the way that it worked for our predecessors. So I think there's a lot of frustration about even having to do this marketing in the first place, because a lot of us were kind of brought up thinking, well, I'll just get my license And that'll be good enough. Like people will want to work with me because I'm licensed and I'm a good therapist and I I shouldn't really have to worry about marketing and I won't really need to. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I get it. It is frustrating. But, you know, you go into business 
marketing is like the other side of that coin, you know? And I think you can't really opt out of marketing in the sense that, you know, like it has to be done. You can opt out of it if you just kind of want to pay a little more money. So the the benefits of digital marketing, really investing in SEO or social media, um, other forms of digital marketing, you're building that brand over time, that brand awareness, that brand recognition, and that stays with you, right, through time. If you, again, that minor upkeep, but if you do that work once, it should follow you. It should stay with you. But if someone is really, really not interested in doing that work for whatever reason, you know, I think some of them being very legit and then maybe others being like, why are you avoiding this? <laughs> you know, I think, and both totally. are, you know, valid in different ways. But if you want to opt out of the process, not worry about the brand building, not worried about kind of staying on top of things and the internet and business and the generational changes as people are looking for therapy, you can just pay more money. You know, you can invest in Google ads, which is a very legitimate form of marketing if you're working with a company that knows what they're doing. Um, it's just more expensive, right? Um, it's going to be more expensive than other forms of marketing. Um, and you can also pay to be on, you know, other websites. We think of these as directories, right? So if we look for, you know, Anxiety Therapist San Francisco and spot one is Psychology Today, spot two is Yelp, spot three is whatever else, you could just kind of pay to be there, right? But the issue is with a lot of these different directories is it's kind of like this random sorting process. And that can be a little unnerving, you know, to place your marketing in like more of a random process. In my opinion, that would freak me out. Um, but there are ways to opt out of it. You just have to be okay with spending the money, you know? And if you have it and that's what you want to do, great. There are people out there and companies out there to help you. Um, but you still have to be aware of the shifts, of the changes. Like that's just part of being, you know, I think that therapists, especially if they're virtual, are essentially online business owners. And that's just a different, it's it's a different business model compared to what private practice I think used to be. Um, but again, you you went to school for this stuff, so you know what uh, all the professors are telling you, but. Yeah, I think you're right. I think with the pandemic and so many of us moving our practices to be entirely online and, you know, being home and, you know, our I know for myself leading up to the pandemic, I had a very, very active life. I was running my practice. Mm -hmm. I was also going to the gym a lot. I taught I was teaching a spin class at my gym, which was so much fun. I was like going to meditation retreats. I was hanging out with my friends. I was socializing. I was going to all these dancing, doing all of these different things. And then I just was home. And all of a sudden it was just like seeing my clients and I don't know. And I think a lot of therapists began to, to reinvest that time into their businesses. I think we saw like a huge like increase in how therapists were showing up online. And you're right. Our businesses did become online businesses before it was brick and mortar. And that there was this really interesting taboo against teletherapy. Mm. And a lot of therapists mm. were really freaked out by it. And it was this big reckoning that happened in the first mm -hmm. few weeks of the pandemic where everyone was scrambling and all these therapists were like worried that they couldn't actually do therapy if it was mediated by a screen. And we all just kind of discovered that like, well, yes, we still can. <laughs> it's different in some ways, but therapy still does in fact work. 
And I think for a lot of us, we've even, we've learned that we enjoy doing fully online work. Mm -hmm. I was just talking with a client who was like, yeah, I've actually, my practice has, my private practice has only ever been fully remote. Mm -hmm. And I love the freedom that that gives me. And it also gives us the ability to work with a much larger group of people. You know, I'm in San Francisco, but because my license is for California, I can work with anybody in California and that freedom is great. But I think that also does, that does change marketing, right? If I want to be available to clients all across California, that's a different sort of, the marketing is going to have to be tweaked Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's different than it would be if I were just focusing on working with people who are local to San Francisco. Because I, I, it's funny, sometimes you'd even get on calls with people where they would say no to you because of where your office was located, which is totally legitimate. Because if they had to get there from a different part of town, you may not be a good fit for them. And now that's like not an issue at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can be like a, you know, 10 hour drive away at the other end of California <laughs> and like it's not a problem. That's crazy that there's that many hours of driving. <laughs> California is so big. <laughs> That's insane. I'm from like Michigan. It was like two hours across. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest. It's like, it's almost just this logical, it just makes sense, right? Where it's like before businesses used to be local, but now, yeah, most of my, ther- most of my clients are virtual and they're like, oh, I can see people anywhere. Therefore, you have to use the internet as an intermediary because that's what's connecting us all around the world. So, you know, de facto, you kind of have to do that regardless if you want that kind of business. Like, you can't have it both ways. And I think, you know, also since you don't have like an office anymore, you're not paying for that, put it in marketing, you know, like do that for yourself. You need the, you know, we're talking about business write offs and stuff. Like, what better business write off than? marketing in your website. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that comes up for therapists around this paying for help with marketing is that I think we've been burned a lot, both Mm -hmm. in big and small ways. And so it's really hard for us to know who to trust. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to some of our own marketing efforts, like networking, like connecting with colleagues, like even, um, you know, having our own Instagram account, Mm-hmm. having having just like a bare bones website like just enough to be like I am online and you can find <laughs> me that feels a little less risky because we're investing our time but we're not necessarily investing that much money and so many therapists it's so common like you get you get your AMFT or you get licensed and the first thing you do is you go make a psychology today profile and then it's crickets mm-hmm. and Google ads can be so like highly specific and competitive and Mm -hmm. can be so expensive to do that well. And so I think there are all these different things that, that we've tried out, you know, maybe, maybe there are social media experts out there who are like, I can help you with your social media. And a few months later, we haven't gotten a client. And so I think therapists have been really burned by spending money on marketing and are just very wary of like, can I trust that this is actually going to get me clients? And from my perspective, I know that some parts of that is therapists oftentimes just not only do they not want to invest in marketing, but they 
they don't want to have to do anything with marketing. So it's like they can sometimes <laughs> bottleneck those processes because we're like, well, I do need like some information. The marketer's like, I do need some information from you. <laughs> like, I do need you to tell me who you want to work with. And the therapist can sometimes be like, I can't even do that. I don't even want to do that. And it's like, okay, well, we do need you to be like involved, even if we're yeah. doing a lot of the work. But anyway, all of that is to say, I think we're very nervous to invest money and uh, especially when we're starting out, especially when money is scarce and like, you know, we want to know that we're going to get clients. So I'm curious, like, what do you say to therapists when they're so nervous to spend that money on marketing? Yeah. And I get it a lot, right? I think I even address it in my contracts that it's like, hey, I get that you're probably nervous right now because essentially all of our clients come to me with that anxiety, you know, like they're scared about getting that money back. And to normalize it, everyone in business is. It's, it's freaky, right? And even with marketing, you know, we can do all the things we're supposed to do. But I think the one way that they can feel better about that work is get your own, you know, house in order. Don't expect to pay someone money and have it work well when you're unclear about who you want to work with. Your website looks shitty. You don't have professional headshots. Your, you know, backend operations aren't working. Someone fills out a contact form. You don't, they don't hear from you for a week. You know, it's like before you start pointing fingers at this marketing isn't working, think about like, how are you bottlenecking the process like we just talked about? And again, that's not to say that you should, you know, not do your research when you're going to work with a marketing company. You absolutely should. Um, or a coach or whatever. But, you know, take responsibility for where you come in and know that in many cases, just handing over money does not make your responsibilities <laughs> go away um, and that stuff. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. People are like, I invested in SEO. I'm like, well, you're getting 500 people to your homepage every month. Has anyone contacted you? Because that kind of sounds like a, you need to, like, we can talk about it, but like, you kind of need to figure out what's going on on your end. Yeah, I think that's such a great point to make. And it, that hiring someone to help you with marketing isn't magic. I, re I remember when I first hired an assistant and, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did. Um, but I was not helpful. I <laughs> like I was so not helpful because I hired this person specifically because I, I really had the sense that I needed to start doing online marketing, but I really, really didn't want to. Now, I had a website um, I had a very clear niche and I was very responsive to people reaching out to me. So I was doing mm -hmm. all of those things. It wasn't like a fancy website. I didn't do any of the SEO stuff. I didn't have mm -hmm. an expert look at it or anything like that, but it was clear, yeah. gave the pertinent information. Mm -hmm. But when I asked this person to, what I expected from them that is that they were just going to take the information that was already on my website and kind of like come up with more and just mm -hmm. make it look pretty and make it work and do all those things. And I didn't appreciate the fact that there was a role for me to play in that too. Like mm -hmm. I needed to, there was actually a whole skill set that I needed to learn how to do, which is what is my messaging? How can I learn how to talk about my work in a public way? What do I actually have to say about this? Because if I don't have that much to say about it, um, I mean, of course I did, but that's nowhere for this person who's helping mm -hmm. me with marketing to find, mm -hmm. then there's only so much they can do with the information that mm -hmm. they have, right? And I think that's the the kind of frustration that therapists feel is 
while investing in marketing and, and paying someone else to do some of it for you can be really helpful and can reduce the load, I do think that a lot of times there there is initially more for you to do when it comes to marketing, right? Because you may have never had to, or you've never done the work to learn how to talk about what you do, mm-hmm. except for maybe your buddies, your grad school buddies, when yeah. you're like having a coffee together. And that's not the same type of conversation Ooh. that you're going to be having <laughs> with the public about what you do, right? And you need to be able to give the people that you're hiring the information that they need to do their jobs well. So I think that's really important to talk about when we're having a conversation about marketing. Um, Because I know that was something that I really, really resisted. That was the work I didn't want to do. And then when I finally hired someone expecting and hoping that they were just going to almost get me out of having to do that, Mm -hmm. um, and I discovered that's not how that worked, that's when I finally was like, oh, I guess I have to do this. And I started doing it. And it's actually been such a great process to learn what I believe and learn how to say it out loud, Mm. work those visibility edges. Yeah. I mean, be aware of your own baggage going into this, I think is the, you know, again, I'm no therapist. I'm no like mind coach, you know, that's not what I do. But I do know that when someone brings a lot of anxiety to the process, that doesn't help anything. It really doesn't. You're probably going to be a little bit more terse with your team and they're not going to like that. You know, like it just, it's this added pressure. And I just don't think that that works. Like people maybe think like being pushy and maybe a little rude, like helps move things along. It doesn't. It really doesn't. You know, don't be rude to your marketing team. They're doing their best. We're doing our best. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And speaking about that from the therapist side, I think it can be so, we don't know a lot. Most of us don't know a lot about marketing. We don't understand the process. And so when we've gone through the trouble, and I'm putting that in air quotes, of like paying someone to do this work, and then like it's not what we want, we're like, but wait a minute, I thought this was going to solve all of my problems. And it doesn't. We can get really upset about that. Um, And I think, you know, in this series of talking about building your private practice team that we're in the midst of, knowing how to work well with team is is a whole skill set. Yes. And a therapist, I think, have a hard time with that because, you know, in so much of our work, we're actually super empathetic and we're really generous and really kind with people. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but those people are our clients and learning how to work well with team is a totally different thing because we have to learn how to delegate. We have to learn how to give feedback. We have to learn how to express our wishes. We have to learn how to not bottleneck the process ourselves yes, and figure out how to identify the work that we need to do, right? So there's this whole skill set that we have to learn. And, you know, I know for myself, when I'm coming into something and I'm not already good at it, I can sometimes get angry about that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. being a perfectionist, being someone mm-hmm. who's used to being really competent. When I encounter something that I'm not already good at, Ooh, I don't like that. And it takes, there can be an, an, an initial like, oh, I'm angry. And it's like, <laughs> oh, why am I angry? I'm angry because I'm not already great at this. Oh, right. Okay. Wow, Felicia, you get to learn here. That's what this is about. But there can be a bit of like a kind of a skip in the record before that mm-hmm. awareness can happen. And I think a lot of other therapists might be feeling the same way where we're going into this and we're like, 
oh, right, I'm learning something new. It's not that the people I've hired are terrible or that I made some terrible decision. It's just that like this is a totally new thing for me. And can we have grace with ourselves and with our team when we're in the midst of that? Yeah. Yeah. Great things take time. Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that the the best investments in our business, the best investments in ourselves, like you know, I think, and I, I always get, you know, like big picture. I'm, I'm the daughter of a philosopher. Okay. Like this, this is where I go, but I'm just like, in our society, we expect things to be fast, you know, it, but it doesn't work like that. You know, it's, it's just, it doesn't work like that. Things take time. You have to be prepared. I read this the other day, you know, from another SEO company. I think they said it so well. They're like, you have to spend money and be prepared not to get a return on your investment in like six months. Mm-hmm. But that's often true for all this other stuff, you know, like for most marketing, again, unless if you're doing ads, it's like, hey, Google, I'm going to give you money. You're going to give me clients. That's a very even transaction. But for this other stuff, it's just like it just takes time to learn and get good at. And like your business is going to change. You're going to change. We want to work with is going to change. So I think expecting this to be this one and done fast static process, I think you know, as hard as it is to kind of accept that, it is important, you know, and how boring would it be, though, if it was always the same? I guess, and I'm not saying that, like, makes up for all the strife that we have to go to, but man, like, our businesses change, the world changes, we change, so. Yeah, I think that's a really great thing for people to hear, and it's it's a hard truth to hear because, of course, we, we don't want it to be that way. We want to be able to spend money and immediately get those clients, and to your point about like that even exchange between like a Google ad and getting a client, like you said earlier, Google could, you know, that client could come to your website. But if the website isn't looking mm-hmm. great or if you you don't, you're so overwhelmed that you're not even getting back to people, well, then like there's only so much that really effective marketing can do. There's a whole skill set around like, are my systems as a business owner supporting my marketing mm-hmm. efforts so that when those marketing efforts are effective, I can reap the benefits of that work? Do I have a clear onboarding process for my clients? Am I good at doing a sales call with clients? Mm -hmm. Like the best marketing in the world won't make you good at doing intake calls and sales calls with clients. Like that also has to be effective. Mm -hmm. That form on your website has to actually result in you getting an email that you respond to, right? (laughs) It's like that needs to happen. And so that's so important to remember that these marketing efforts, they take time you probably aren't going to see the return on investment for several months. And you're only going to see that return on investment if you're also doing your part, mm-hmm. both upstream and downstream from that process. So this is really part of what makes your business successful. This isn't what makes your business successful. Mm-hmm. This is one piece of what yeah. makes your business successful. And it really takes the whole like orchestra coming together mm-hmm. to result in that client saying yes and that revenue coming into your business. And I would say like making a plug for business coaching, I would say that your business coach is oftentimes the person who is like holding you in that process and helping to make sure that all of those different pieces are working, yeah. that you're not getting in the way of the person you desire <laughs> to do your marketing, <laughs> that you're not dropping the ball when it comes to actually responding to clients, that your systems and processes are in good working order, that you're not snapping at your team mm-hmm. and, you know, harming those relationships. Like that's where someone else who has a bit more distance can come in to help facilitate that process because yep. otherwise you can, you definitely can make a mess of that. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, it's tough when you work with someone and they feel like their investment, you know, they're like, that was a bad investment. I'm like, well, you know, I could have thought of a few ways that maybe you could have made this investment better for yourself. Like, I'm sorry, but you know, like I think, and that's true with anyone who works with an outside vendor. I mean, even obviously like I have therapists, I've had multiple therapists and I think in the past about my others and I'm just like, how was I bottlenecking that process, right? Like, how was I the one that was just like, my poor therapist is like, if she could only get this for her food. <laughs> you know, totally. Months ahead, you know, like, and I'm sure, I'm sure I've done that. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing for therapists in a relationship with other vendors that help their business. So, hmm. I love that you're relating it back to the experience of being a client in therapy. Mm-hmm. They're not so dissimilar sometimes. (laughs) They're not. I remember meeting with, yeah, one of my old therapists and I I had this experience of dating men and then it not working out and then being like, I learned so much from you. And I was like, I'm so sick of hearing this. (laughs) I'm so sick of men learning from me. This this sucks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you owe me money for that lesson. <laughs> for all this emotional labor I did yeah, for you. <laughs> exactly. And my therapist said, you know, I'm like, I'm just so sick of this. I'm so sick. I'm not here. I don't want to teach someone. I don't want someone to learn from me. And he was like, well, that that is kind of how relationships work. Like, you do need to be willing to to do that. And I don't think he was saying, like, the sort of misogynistic, like, you should just, like, do a bunch of emotional labor. I think he was saying there is a give and take and that's going to be a part of the process. Like you do have to do a give and take. And granted that scenario is very different because it was like having to do with toxic dating (laughs) relationships. But I do think there can be, sometimes therapists can approach marketing or, or hiring someone else to be a part of their team with these kind of like arms folded backing away, kind of like, well, I'm hiring you, but like you better not mess up and you better do it the right way. And like prove to me that, that this will work. And like, I'm just like, I shouldn't have to do anything because I've hired you to do this. And it's like, oh no, honey, that is not how this works. Like, this is very much a two-way street. We have to work together in order for this to be effective. Like I can do my thing, but like this will only work if you are also doing your thing. Yeah. And so like that takes so much humility. We have to be willing to be in the process, whether that's, you know, in your case, Christy, when you're helping folks with SEO, a lot of times part of their responsibility is writing content for their websites, right? Your team can write content briefs, which are, as someone who has used them, are incredibly thorough Mm -hmm. outlines, tell you exactly what you need to write. But ultimately, it's the therapist's job to actually write that content, right? And if the therapist isn't doing that part of the process, then it doesn't matter how many fantastic content briefs you and your team create for them. It's not at all. (laughs) If the therapist doesn't write the content, it doesn't go up on the website, and that can't, the the benefit that was going to happen in terms of how that improves SEO isn't going to be there, right? So there is this give and take. So we've talked about so much today. We've we always we've, do. <laughs> we always do. This is Christy. It's hard for us to stay contained because <laughs> I feel like we could just like. So I hope that listeners are enjoying just getting to listen to us talk and flow through this because we do have we have so much to say about this industry <laughs> and about you know the things that therapists can be doing to improve their businesses. And so it's hard for us to just stay on one thing. (laughs) We do really want you to be able to leave with a concept of how to future-proof your business. So we're going to revisit that. And I'm going to give Christy the mic to kind of talk about and share her perspective on 
really how to do that, like what you need to be putting in place in order to future-proof your business online, despite all of these changes that are happening? I think some of the best ways to future-proof, knowing that every industry is different, every location is different, every niche is different, make sure that you are kind of staying up to date on stuff. There are podcasts you can listen to, newsletters you can get, even just like marketers that you trust. You know, it's like, I know that I'm going to be talking way more in the future about how things are changing. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to people. That's not how I do my marketing anyways. I try to be very, very honest. You're like, this is exactly what you're getting yourself into. So, you know, that that's part of it is making sure you have like sound advisors, whether those be paid or free, through newsletters, whatever. Um, I would also say be really thoughtful about your investments. You know, I don't think, and I've definitely been guilty of this. You and I have talked about me doing this all the time, where I think something's like a really awesome idea and then I just do it. I don't really think about it that much because I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to do that. And then it was, you know, not necessarily a waste of time, but I didn't commit enough to it to really see it through and have the benefits, you know, come through that, come to fruition. Um, so I would say choose carefully, really commit to something. Um, because if you're doing quality work, that will very likely stand the test of time. Um, cause that's what these platforms are all about. They want stuff that their users like really like I could say nothing else about marketing and like, that would be it. Make stuff that you're proud of. that's going to stand the test of time that your potential clients, your audience, users, followers, whatever they like. So I think, you know, and that don't just like, I always say this too, don't post just to post. Do it because you're proud of it, because you know that it's going to make a difference, because it's something that's worth sharing and worth bookmarking and all that kind of stuff. Just make sure you're proud of what you're putting out. I would say that's the other thing. And also, I would try different opportunities, like things that sound kind of new to you that, you know, make sense. Try different things, you know. We didn't get to talk about it too much today, but you know, the new directory we're making best therapists, it's a different way of doing a therapist directory. It's not, you know, what these other people are doing. So, I think that's also worth worth a try to do to see to see how it goes and, you know, just make sure you're listening to people and Felicia, I definitely put you in this category. We're encouraging you to think differently about how a business should be run. What's, you know, what's a therapist's role in society, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Those are probably my my biggest things knowing that every situation is different, but if you can keep those things in mind, I think you'll be well set up compared to other people who aren't doing those things. Awesome. So, before you go, I'm wondering, do you want to tell people a little bit about best therapists? Yes, I would love to. I think by the time um this podcast is live and, you know, out to all of your listeners, the, you know, we should be accepting applications. So Best Therapist is a directory, but we have a vetting process for a therapist. We're the only therapist directory um, that has an actual vetting process to make sure that the therapists that are getting on our directory are really high quality. It's a huge you know, insecurity that therapy seekers have about finding a therapist, like, are they even going to be good? So we have, I believe, I think it's a five-step 
verification process. Then you get your verification badge. And eventually people see that they'll be like, oh my gosh, like this therapist is legit. They pass this process. So along with this verification process on our results pages, you're only one of a few therapists. Unlike, you know, Psychology Day or these other directories, you're one of 2,000 <laughs> people. You're only going to be one among a few other therapists. So it's more of like a curational quality approach as opposed to quantity. Um, and we also encourage the use of out-of-network benefits. So we have a complimentary out-of-networks benefit checker for all of our users on the site. Um, so you can still get your full fee. So this isn't like an insurance matching thing. It is for the private pay, private practice owner. Um, and that's very, very important to us. So if that sounds at all aligned to you, if you are listening and you want to check it out, it's besttherapist.com and you can apply there. Awesome. Thank you for sharing about that, Christy. I'm really excited about this. I've been able to see the behind the scenes of this process. And um, I'm just so glad that it's being created because it really does solve a problem for therapy seekers and for therapists, which is, uh, yeah, therapy seekers aren't bombarded with like an endless list <laughs> yeah. of therapists. Um that's just so going to lead to so many more calls from actual clients. Yeah. Um, and then the therapist is going, because of that, the therapist is going to get more calls, which is, of course, yeah. how directories should work, how we're hoping they'll work, but they so often don't. And not just any calls, really good calls. That's it. They know your fee. They know everything they need about you. You're on this like list. They already trust you. Like that already changes the process so much. Cause I know so many people who are like on psychology day, they're still the directories. They have this consultation. They're like, Oh, I thought you accept blue cross blue shield or, Oh, I wanted a sliding scale spot of $30. Right. It's like, we're taking, we're taking that away. So yeah. if anything, maybe less calls, but those calls you do get are going to be really good because we are a quality first directory. That is our whole approach. So. Yeah. So this is a great option for therapists who, uh, you know, maybe don't want to invest tons of time in their marketing. They're not mm -hmm. in the place where they really want to focus on building their brand or creating a robust online We're presence. Just starting out. Who are just starting out, who want clients, who maybe already are established in their practices, but maybe a few clients left recently, or maybe they're coming back from maternity leave or something like that. And they're ready mm -hmm. to like take on a few more people, but they don't want to invest in like, you a know, <laughs> a ton of stuff or like be spending a bunch of time marketing. The whole purpose of this is to help therapists fill, you know, the spots that they need to fill and then be able to get off of it and just work with their clients. And then if they need to get back on it again in the future, there's also that option. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really great for therapists who want an alternative to a lot of the not so great directories that are flooding the market. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Christy. Thanks for being here again for the second time to talk uh, talk to I me. I know. I know. It's so much fun to have you here. And I'm excited that the world gets to have the best therapist website. It's going to be such a game changer yeah. for everyone. I'm super excited to get it get it more out there. It's been a little on the uh, the hush hush as I'm you know working out some of the uh, the kinks in it. But yeah, the more the more people I tell, the more really excited about this project. So awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. 
I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.